What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of Pals Pod on New Orleans.network podcast. As always, I am your host, Raphael Rattler. Join my fellow middle brother, Gary G. Money Rattler. What's popping with you, bro? <sighs> you know, bro, <laughs> life is like, you know, uh, the service from Cox. You never know what you're going to get. Um, but, you know, bro, I, you know, it's... it's it's been a hectic week for myself. Uh, you know, had a had a little bout with 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 that 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 guy that came back with me <laughs> from Vegas and COVID, and then on top of that, dealing with Cox. So, appreciate everybody rocking with us and, and holding us down, man. It's it's been a tumultuous week, uh, uh, to say the less. But we here talk about some Pelicans, Pels by the numbers. It's gonna be you know it's gonna be good. I'm I'm ready to get into to Pelicans. Is is uh, escape from what's been going on this you know this week. So uh, good to be back on, bro. How's everything on your end? Everything is good, man. Football just started up. Michael Thomas is back at the yeah. The I, I, I heard, I heard, yeah. I heard you had, I heard you moved over uh, across the street and and hosted a podcast with with the man himself. Hey, man. Uh, shout out to Kev. Make sure you get well from COVID as well. <laughs> but look, man, they had me over for a little bit. But man, football's back. Basketball, they taking a little bit of break and then they back. And this is the time of year where you start to get excited. So I, I got nothing to say, but we're, we're blessed. That being said, a couple of things have happened since the last time we talked, right? So, um, you know, Jackson and Najee were in the Smith League. You got Trey holding it down with the zero program team. Like, you see all these Pelicans kind of, you know, joining phase right after LeBron, right? Like, LeBron hops up and, you know, shows out in the community. And then right after that, you see everybody kind of doing the same in different communities. How you feel like that? Like, that's kind of cool to see, huh? Yeah, man. It, you know, when you you get to this law in in the summer, right? And you know, there's no, real, you know, obviously the WNBA is playing and the TBT. Um, there's basketball all around, but you know, there's a there's a different vibrance when you know you get these superstars like LeBron and even some of these younger guys. Uh, you know, who you want to see, such as Najee and, and Jackson and Trey Murphy. Uh, you see these young guys kind of going into the community. We saw with Zion coming back playing outside in Delgado uh, at around Delgado Park, um, which, by the way, is incredible because it is humid outside. In the water, <laughs> man. That's wild. But to see these guys just just, you know, for the love of game, you know, keeping the game going, keeping the, the love of the game strong um, and, and passing it down to people who, uh, you know, who may not have an opportunity to see these guys play. Um, you know, in person in their NBA uh, games to, to go down and, you know, give these people, you know, a, a shot to see them and to see some of these guys play is it, really good. And then obviously, you know, just being a basketball junkie, uh, being able to see different players play in different leagues against different competition. Um, some good, some bad. X, X Trey Young and John Collins about that Drew League competition. <laughs> uh, but just to see these guys kind of play different competition, wear different jerseys, get a little freedom to move around and do things that they won't do you know, come, come the season. Uh, it's just really good to see. So I'm, I'm enjoying watching people travel around the circuit, but, but shout out to the Pelicans that's been, been putting it on, uh, you know, putting it on display out here in these, some of these pro-am leagues. Right. And you talk about traveling, you see Jackson Hayes back in Cincinnati, things like that. He was holding his first camp. Again, I think what, what people miss out a little bit on is when you bring CJ in, when you bring Larry Nance in guys who've been around guys who've established themselves as far as presence in the league, it helps a guy like Zion right away. You see that. You see the turnaround real quickly. But it probably helps a guy like Jackson as well, right? It kind of mm -hmm. helps him have something to learn from and grow up and mature a little bit. Um, kind of like an older brother on the team that kind of helps show them the ropes both on the court uh, and off of it as well. So it's really cool to see Zion's traveling to San Diego for Comic-Con. Hey, bro, me and we are the same. I wish <laughs> I could have got on that plane with, with Zion. I would have been at Comic-Con right with him. 
yeah, yeah. But then, and then you see Dyson, you know, uh, going back home and you know training in different spots. He appears to be healthy. Um, never thought that that was going to be too long of an injury, but it's good to see he's healthy. He's ready to go, uh, ready to get rocking for training camp. And apparently, Bi is a rapper as well. So yeah, crazy. Uh, crazy. Uh, crazy. Hey man, I, I mean, it wasn't that bad. Like I listened to some. No, of no, it's not. It's not. It's just. It's crazy, man. It's just wild. When you know, when you used to think about like when Shaq. Uh, dropped his freestyle to, to Kobe and how it was like this, this like joke of a thing. And now like right. these guys are like real, you know, real deal rappers. Like they, they, they're looking mm-hmm. for their, their interest outside of basketball. So it's, it's kind of fun to kind of see this social media age uh, kind of foster, you know, uh, NBA players kind of giving their personalities to the fans and, and things like that. It's kind of cool to see. Right, right, right. So uh, it's cool to, to see, to your point, from the integration of, you know, basketball players, to being in the media, to being in music and in the community and things like that. Um, but, you know, what I think I take back from it as an observer is like, these guys are multifaceted. Like these guys yeah. are involved in a lot of different things. Right. And so to see the personalities come out, like in a BI where you were like, BI is one of the most quietest people you've ever seen before. And now you see his shell start to break off a little bit as he, you know, arises to that next level in his game. Uh, that's really special to see. So, Something else that's special to see, shout out to Trapper BG. He won our first mailbag uh, question of the week. Make sure y'all send us a questions either in the live chat, uh, either on Twitter, uh, on email, whatever it may be, so we can get to y'all questions there. So my favorite part of the show, now you know I love numbers. You know I'm a big numbers guy. So I, I wait for this episode. So, you know, what we talked about um, together off the pod was, you know, there's so many – expectations uh, in place for this Pelicans team, right? You, you're adding Zion, you're adding Dyson uh, as the number eight pick in the draft. You've got a year under Willie Green. You've got a year with all these young players. How are you going to rise to the occasion, right? Like, how are you going to meet this expectation? Everyone's like, well, throw Zion in. That's 27 points on 60% shooter. But, like, how, right? Like, like that. that's, that's one way to do it. But, like, some other people's numbers are going to go down. How are you going to integrate – um, different people's play styles and things like that. So before we start with the with, with this show, just remember that stats without context don't really mean anything. And so mm-hmm. what we want to talk to you a little bit about is like how these stats from last season, how they may stay the same, uh, how might some of them change, but then how they kind of factor into how this team can grow. So you start off right, and the Pelicans were one of the slower paced teams. And so with Zion coming back, you expect to see a lot more fast breaks. You see it see a lot more of advantageous situations for the Pelicans. And so you may think that the pace should grow. But my question to you is, does pace like really matter? Like I know at in the playoffs, I know that it turns into a half-court game, and I know that you know, some of the most fast-paced teams are also some of the worst teams in the league because they don't play any defense and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But from your perspective, you know, how important is it for a team to have consistent pace? I, I think it, it's it's very important, right? I think, in a sense, is is very important. And what I mean by that, like, you, you have to be able uh, to kind of play in both ways, right? You have to be able to kind of be be multifaceted in your in your you know in your your scheme as far as offense goes because when when you look back at the playoffs right you look back at uh the Pelicans uh the Pelicans wins against the the Suns right there was a the, uh, the I think that was I forgot which game that was it was it was either game 2 or I think it was game 4 
had to be where you saw Jackson leaking out over and over and over um, in a sense where like playing it in that fast paced offense, uh, it played into the, you know, the athletes on the Pelicans team, right? You think about Jackson Hayes and, uh, you know, and, and having a Larry Nance out there and, and guys like that. So you want to, you want to absolutely be able to play in that. And now you look at some of the guys that are uh, either coming in uh, back to the, to the Pelicans rotation or are looking to make the next leap. Um, when you think about Zion and you think about Dyson Daniels, who's a connector and a fast break person, uh, Kyra Lewis, who will be back, who's a blur in a fat, uh, in a, in a, uh, in fast break. Um, you think about Trey Murphy, who is uh, poised to take another leap as far as getting more more minutes and everything and how he can play in, in, in transition, uh, stopping at the three-point line, getting transition threes, or going to the rim with his athleticism. Um, and then also, you know, more incorporation of Larry Nance and, and Jackson Hayes uh, should be able to take on some more responsibility and play uh, more as well. So all of the guys that are coming into the Pelicans, right, obviously you have your, your half-court guys, right, your Brandon Ingrams, CJ, JV, guys who can get you a bucket, um, you know, in a, in a half court, but a lot of the guys that are coming back to the rotation or looking to take that next step up in the rotation are guys that play are, who are going to be better off in, in transition and fast break. Um, obviously Zion can score away wherever, mm-hmm. but you want to get him in transition and get those highlight dunks and probably take a lot of uh, advantage of that new take file uh, thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to go into playing in transition, but you also, like you say, when you get to playoffs, if you have, uh, if you have like high, uh, if you're shooting for high uh, goals in this season, right, you have high expectations for the season and you want to make a playoff run um, that we saw, right, in the in the elimination game. What was it? Chris Paul going 14 for 14, doing the same play, running into the, you know, the same things, taking advantage uh, of things that, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the mismatches that you can get in, in playoffs. And so that's, that's more conducive to winning in, in playoffs, right, playing defense and being able to get a bucket in a half court because once teams get – you know, once you get to game three and they have so much footage, it's like, now nah, what, right? Like, what right. else can you do as opposed to just breaking through and getting to what, you know, you're supposed to do on offense? So you want to you wanna find, strike a happy medium. I know if every team could do uh, if it was easy, every team would do it. Um, but as far as, like, the Pelicans, for sure, especially, uh, you want to find that happy medium because you want to take advantage of the alleys that you have on the wing uh, and, and with wing stop. Um, but you also have a lot of guys that can get you a bucket um, you know, you can get a bucket uh, in a half court, and and those are the type of things that can carry you through a, a playoff series. So it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of interesting to see where they where they hit the happy meeting. I expect them to be higher uh, than what they were twenty seventh. I, I expect them to be a lot higher than that, simply because of the the amount of fast breaks they're gonna get uh, with guys running out and, and leaking. But uh, you want you definitely want to strike that happy medium, right? So. I mean, to your point, like they were 21st in pace last year. I wouldn't uh, look 21st, back. At, yeah, right. Yeah, I wouldn't look back at you know a Zion and how it looked in that and try to compare the two. They were 10th then, right? So mm. to your point, there's going to be times where you know you need to slow it down. Like the Pelicans were were one of the best teams in transition last year. Like they were ninth in points off turnovers. They had the athletes, right? That you expect that from a young team that's long and that's athletic. Uh, to be able to capitalize that they were both good on fast breaks offensively and defensively, right? Like they were good in transition de- uh, defense. They were sixth in both of them. So you look at those stats and you say, okay, you know, th- to your point, there's going to be times where you need to play to see CJ and to be BI's and JV's advantage and slow the game down. But there's also going to be times where you need to speed the game up versus teams that cannot hang with you athletically. And so I think the versatility of this roster 
goes to show in how they can play. They can play in multiple different ways. Like not only can they beat you offensively by beating you up in the paint uh, and being able to score different ways, um, both either JV or BI or Zion inside of 15 feet or 18 feet, but they can also kind of beat you from the perimeter as well or in transition. So for a team that can turn you over and then also capitalize, that's a really good position to be in, right? And so you talk about, you know, transition, you talk about pace, but like what trends or what changes do you anticipate in the half court game, right? Because now everyone's first question is what about the spacing, right? Like mm-hmm. Last year, B.I. took a little bit of a step back and we've talked about that. I think that's more on the burden that he held offensively and how he was being guarded and the the less amount of catch and shoot opportunity, wide open catch and shoot opportunities that he got last year than his actual shooting percentage or his ability to shoot the ball. You add in CJ, who's a 40% shooter uh, for, for his career and, you know, coming off that last year. So you're able to space the floor a little bit. JV's coming off his best year uh, from shooting the three perspective and shooting the ball all together. And so you say, is that enough, right? Because you know Zion's going to dominate the paint. So, like, what are some of the trends or what are some of the things you see changing or what are some of the things you see staying the same? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, first of all, a full uh, offseason with CJ and Zion and Brandon Ingram. Because uh, uh, what you got to remember, especially when you're looking at that, uh, what, 10th in pace with, with Zion, uh, when you when you look, when you think about that and you think about the half court, first of all, CJ and Brandon Ingram were figuring a lot of things out, you know, right. on the fly after, after uh, the trade happened. Uh, and, you know, Willie Green, obviously being a fantastic coach, he did, you know, did the best he can with a lot of the uh, time. But you got to remember when you – when you trade for a major player like that uh, in the middle of the season or, you know, the, towards all-star break or whatever you call it, uh, you're, you're not able to, like, stop and, like, do practice and everything. Like, you have games the, the next day and the day after that, and so you're trying to game plan while also practicing in order to to get that guy comfortable and to get the rest of the guys around him comfortable. Um, and so a lot of the things that you saw from Brandon, from CJ and Brandon Ingram in the, in the, in the half court were just those guys just being phenomenal. Right. And obviously they got a lot more comfortable as time went on, but not to the extent of having an entire off season with what you expect to have uh, pretty much everybody healthy and everybody there available, uh, what that is going to do in the half court. So I definitely expect better half-court execution uh, from from the likes of the guys who were there last season, uh, just to kind of – because they have uh, a better feeling with each other. Now, when you insert Zion, I think there's going to be a lot of of chess match going on, right? There's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. Willie Green is going to have a lot of first-world problems on his hand um, that he's going to have to do uh, and have to hit the buttons on, but it is definitely first-world problems because obviously JV and his magnificent – uh, shooting season that he had last uh, season, which was one of his best in his career. Um, you know, that that's something that I don't know if you want to, you know, expect to happen again, right? Like, it, of right. course, you want him to continue to shoot and, and you know, and, and take those open threes. Um, but, I mean, he, he hit, what, eight in one game? I don't I don't expect, you know, JV to have another game where he hit eight threes mm-hmm. uh, or things like that. But what I do expect is that JV is going to find opportunities uh, where he's going to be single guarded and he's going to have to make sure that he takes advantage and makes his presence felt um, uh, as you know as far as the single guards because you have to guard Zion uh, with at least two four six pairs of eyes um, you know at all times so he's going to find himself 
single guarded a lot. And so he's going to have to play some of those weak side uh, rebounds, some of the weak side tip-ins. I can see, you know, Zion posting up on one side or, or attacking one side and, you know, hitting a lob pass to JV. So you're going to have to get his verticality up a little bit, um, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, but, um, but no, I, I definitely see JV kind of moving in and being in different places. Um, I see him uh, Zion obviously playing in a dunker position, uh, but also taking obviously his guard uh, the things he could do as a guard. But as far as Brandon Ingram and CJ go, I think that those guys are so good at what they do. Uh, and they, they fill those possessions, those, you know, fill those positions on the floor so well that, you know, as, as long as you can get, you know, Brandon Ingram, we've talked about this multiple times. Uh, Brandon Ingram is best when you can get him one zero to one dribble before he's rising mm-hmm. up for a shot. Well, he's going to have a lot of single coverage actions on the weak side or on the strong side, whatever the opposite action is from Zion, because there's going to be so much to look for in him. And, uh, you know, and don't let CJ come out and hit the first two threes because now the defense also has to watch for him uh, as well. And so there's going to be a lot of, of eyes being watched in, you know, two or two and four uh, defenders, two, three defenders watching multiple people on the, you know, on the team. And so uh, on the court, as far as that starting lineup goes. And so JV is going to have to find ways to contribute and, and take advantage of his single coverage, um, as well as, as Brandon Ingram and, and, and CJ. I'm sure Brandon Ingram is not going to get a lot of single coverage now after the run that he had uh, last season and into the playoffs. But he's going to have some because you have to double team uh, Zion and you have to have somebody watching, uh, you know, watching CJ. So that the, 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 the half court offense is gonna it is I think it might take some time just to kind of when when you think about it out in in you know in the in the ethosphere it sounds like <laughs> oh my god there's a lot of offensive but you know it's gonna take some time to kind of mesh and fill those parts but once JV starts to fill because I, I think he's the key as far as like how effective he can be um, and what he can do his that key is going to be based off of Zion um, and his ability to draw double teams and, and things like that. Because we watch JV just wreck people on the boards over and over again, game and game. So you'll have to, to watch him. So if JV can find his placing around that and obviously shoot that, shoot the three ball, that that's obviously where you want him to go. But he's going to have a lot of single coverage underneath the rim. And he's going to have to make quick decisions and quick scoring motions uh, to go and, and take advantage of those first world problems. But I think that, that half-court offense is going to be fine. Um, it's going to take some time, but I, I think it'll be fine. Right. I mean, I look at things that, like, personal fouls drawn, right? So they were fourth this year. With Zion, they were second. Like, you you can only imagine that they're going to be at the top three to five, right? If not that, probably top two in that area. Then you look at things at second-chance points. They were third this year. They were second with Zion. Like, that's, that's going to be, again, that's going to be a place where – you're shooting at a high rate. You're shooting at a high clip. You're one of the most efficient teams in the league because you take the most shots close to the basket. And then if you miss, you're probably getting the rebound again. That's really that's really hard to defend. I tell you, I, team, I right? tell you what, I am going. I would pay. I'm going to pay real good money to watch uh, the Pelicans and uh, that new Minnesota Timberwolves front court mm-hmm. go for rebounds between Cat and Gobert and JV and Zion. Uh, there's going to be some some wrestling going on down there. Right. So. You've got that. And then the other thing I look at is free throws, right? Like the Pelicans were one of the the top uh, free throw shooting teams as far as number of free throws allowed this year because they constantly put pressure on the rim. Well, with Zion, that's only going to be more. And so, again, I hope uh, hope our coach Fred Vincent uh, over at the Pelicans gets a big raise sooner rather than later because the whole team needs to be in the gym with him this summer. 
whether it's free throw shooting, whether it's three-point shooting, whether it's catch and shoot, whatever it needs to be, because they're going to have a lot of opportunities for free throws, a lot of opportunities for wide open Mm -hmm. shots. So those are some of the things I anticipate to be the same. Now, some things that may look a little bit different, the Pelicans weren't one of the most efficient teams as far as offense overall this year. Like they were 16th or middle, middle of the pack there. Now, after the CJ, you kind of have to look at this team in three different phases. You have the team with Zion. Then you have the team that started the year without Zion. Then you have the, t- the team after the CJ trade. Now this is the fourth team that has everyone all together, right? After the CJ trade, the Pelicans were the ninth team offensively. I expect that to go up. I expect the Pelicans to be one of the top teams offensively in the league just because there's so many guys, to your point earlier, there's so many guys that are unstoppable in their particular range or in their particular facet, whether it's Zion at the rim, whether it's JV on the boards, whether it's BI and CJ in the mid range, that I don't know if a night after night basis, there's teams that has the ability to stop all of it. Now the Pelicans will have their, their dues defensively and we'll get to that. But as far as offensively, I just don't see a lot of rosters out there. that's like, Oh, they have an answer for Zion and, and, and they have an answer for BI if that doubles. Well, if that doesn't work, they also have an answer for C. I just don't see a lot of rosters out there. So, yeah. and it's 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 gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be very difficult to to guard that. But just to to go uh, further into that, I think one of the most important the one of the most important developments that we talked about, you know, growth and everything, and, and what we're gonna do, uh, we're gonna do a show about that. Um, I think one of the most important developments really is gonna be how much defensive attention Herb Jones kind of requires right um because if herb jones is is one of the guys that you know maybe he's not a sniper but he's one of the guys that's like okay like we have to know that he's there um he's obviously one of the best cutters on a team uh, i call him a space filler right whenever there's a space it seems like herb uh gets there and and, and knows to get there and, and knows what to do when he gets there so herb's herb's ability uh to either knock down the three or even if he's uh, good enough to where you know people contest, uh, they they come out and contest the three, and he could take one to two dribbles. Uh, like I said, and either pull up for a mid range. If he could get that right there, that would be great. Um, but at least, but take it to the rim, um, be confident, be strong, uh, and you know, and be ready to knock down free throws in the, in the event of that. I think that right there it unlocks everything because that is, I assume, once once uh, you know it's time to play the Pelicans and opposing coaches are in their defensive schemes and everything. I assume that that Herb is going to be fifth on that list uh, as far as starting the lineup goes. But if if he's fifth on the list, um, but he's getting, you know, approaching 35% from three or something like that, then that's a, a situation where that's, that's an, another set of eyes um, that has to split between, you know, uh, between uh, Herb and, and watching Zion and watching those guys. And so um, Herb Jones, his, his ability to kind of, become an offensive player whether he doesn't need to be you know a, a 15 to 20 point per game guy but if he can get out there um and be an offensive threat enough to where you know he has to be accounted for that just opens up the game a ton more for for the pelicans right so that's a little bit about how it will look close to the room i mm-hmm. think the big question for for everyone is how do the pelicans improve from a shooting standpoint because Essentially, they didn't make any movements this season. All they did was draft and re-sign their own players and probably have other extensions coming up in August. So for a team that was 27th in in three-point shooting last year, and then most of those shots were coming off of of catch-and-shoot situations, so there wasn't a lot of pull-up threes, weren't a lot of snipers and things like that. 
how does this team get better organically? Because it doesn't look like they're looking from the outside in to, to address that issue. So what are your thoughts on that situation? Yeah, it, it's going to be internally. It, it's got to be internally. Uh, you know, you, you're basing – you know, the the incremental growth uh, from obviously from from guys like Trey Murphy and Herb Jones. Um, but you're looking, hoping that, you know, the Devontae Graham year was an aberration uh, for his career, you know, with a lot of just a lot of things going on uh, with, with, with his situation. Um, it looks like the Pelicans, you know, as of now, nobody has heard uh, about him on the traded block anymore or things like that. He's been in the in the uh in the in the facility and, and things like that and so uh if you know when he's back on the team they're going to give him an opportunity to kind of rectify some of the shooting things because obviously i would say that Devonte is a better shooter than what we saw last year there's a lot yeah. of things going on you know there, there's the injury towards the end of the, the year and uh you know just not having zion out there and being asked to do a little bit more than probably he is uh capable of doing uh and being held to some responsibilities that he probably isn't comfortable doing uh, but sure. I think now that, you know, with Zion coming in and kind of having even on the second line of uh, on, on the second line, having now two uh, ball distributors in, 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 um, and Jose and Dyson Daniels uh, whenever he gets on the court to have, you know, an, an extra ball handler to where, OK, your job is and even Kyra, right? Kyra coming back as well. Uh, having three ball handlers in the, in the, on the third floor before you even get to Devontae, uh, before you get to Devontae Graham, will, will give him even more co- confidence to, you know, you have to shoot the ball. Um, this is uh, the only thing you are, you're here for now is to shoot the ball uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully he gets back to what he's doing. But obviously you're looking for incremental uh, uh, strides from, from Trey and Herb and, and JV as well. It's going to be the internal development. And and these guys, you you, you know, they, they are aware the same way, you know, everybody is aware of the shooting woes that, that they saw. The guys on the team are aware of that, and they have to take it upon themselves um, to get into the gym, whether it be with Fred Vincent or whatever uh, the situation is. And those guys have to get better, um, you know, shooting the ball. And I think with the looks that they're going to get now with so many of, uh, you know, so much offensive talent on the floor. And we talk about having two of the alphabet boys on the floor at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to have two of those guys on the floor of all, at, at all times, you should be able to get much more wide open shots, uh, much easier shots, uh, much more catch and shoot opportunities than they've seen uh, in the past two years. And so hopefully, you know, if, 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 if these guys can take it upon themselves um, to get markedly better, right? We, if, 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 if Herb Jones can get to 34, 35%, if Trey Murphy can get to, to a close to 38, 39% uh, from three pointers on a, on a nice enough, uh, you know, nice enough attempts, uh, then those are the type of uh, improvements that will make the Pelicans better. But it looks like it's going to be internal development. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to be, you know, when they had opportunities to go out and address shooting either in the draft or free agency or, or anything like that. It seems like they, they kind of turned and went to the defensive uh, defensive route um, and, the, and the playmaking route, which is, you know, fine for, for a team that is uh, has a lot of offensive versatility already uh, to kind of show up the defensive end and playmaking to get those guys open shots um, and to get those guys easier shots as fine uh so i I would think that it's just going to be some market improvement uh from the interior right so i'm looking at players so the pelicans were 24th and three points attempted this season i think the zion's ability to facilitate is something that goes understated uh he does a really good job of knowing where people are on the court that 
I think there's like this misconception that all Zion does is go to the goal and dunk. And his his assist numbers would have been a lot a lot crazier had Eric Bledsoe hit a couple shots and had Stephen Adams not just been standing underneath the rim looking for the rebound instead of going for shots. So it his assist numbers are real. If you go back and watch some of those games, uh, like you do all the time, like you could see him hitting people in perfect shooting po- uh, pockets. Those guys just weren't able to knock down the shots. Right. So his ability to facilitate, I think, helps the guys like Trey Murphy get more minutes, but also is going to help as CJ. I think I where I disagree with you, I think Jonas is going to lean more into shooting, right? Because he has to, right? In order to stay on the court, you have to be able to space the court when you're playing with Zion Williamson. And so I expect him to shoot, if not the same, if not more threes next season. I just think that that, that spot is going to be open for him. So his ability to continue to improve there is going to be important. But also for Brandon Ingram, again, we just talked about it. A lot of B.I.'s threes, a lot of B.I.'s um, open shots this year was because he created them. It wasn't because someone created them for him. Mm-hmm. I think Zion's ability to create for B.I. is going to help that three-point percentage uh, uh, strike up. And, it, and it'll it'll also help the hockey pass, right? It'll, right? It doesn't need to just be Zion hitting Brandon Ingram, right? He hits uh, C.J. and C.J. makes the pass, right? He's Zion's double team. He hits CJ, uh, BI's guy rotates to CJ, and CJ hits Brandon Ingram for the three points. So it's it's not so it's not even gonna be you know Zion's assists are gonna be seven eight a game. But if you look and you and you watch him play and you see him hit the hockey pass, like that's an assist in of itself. We talk about uh, it's kind of similar to kind of what what Steph Curry does, right? You look at Steph mm-hmm. Curry's numbers um, and you look at his assists, and he could probably have way more assists uh, because of the fact that he brings three or four people to him on a on a down screen and somebody on the other side of the court uh, gets a wide open pass and the ball, you know, the, the, the passer hits that guy instead of Steph. Well, that's kind of the, the, the effect that Zion is going to have, that Zion is going to, he's going to come down and he's going to dribble into three people uh, who's going to be watching him? He'll hit the person next to him, and then that person will hit the corner for the for the corner three. So it's going to be a lot of a lot of like ball movement by effect, right? Assist by effect, right? Then you're going to have a full year of CJ. We just talked about it. like he's forty percent from three last season. So that should that should both increase your attempts as well as your percentage. But the other factor that I that I really want to see is Zion shooting threes himself. Like again, when he came in. You know, he wasn't shooting the best, I think it was 33%, but it wasn't looking bad. Like, more times than that, he got through a string there where he hit, like, one three a game. If he could shoot two and probably probably hit one a game, like, that's something I think brings the offense to a different level because then you have to guard him out there. And so for a guy who's been injured for almost a year, well, not a year, but now hasn't played in a year and a half, you would think if you're not able to explode off the foot, what are you working on the most? The ability mm-hmm. to shoot. Right. Mm-hmm. Wide open catch and shoots. And so, you know, Willie Green talks about it himself. Something that's very important. His game plan is paint to great. Right. Well, Zion's one of the best paint players historically in the league already. B.I. Stuck, took that step last season in terms of forcing the issue to create for other people. Then you have C.J. with another year knowing the team, knowing his personnel. You can have a lot of catch and shoot threes. And sometimes that might be Zion. Right. Like I'm not asking Zion start turning into Jaron Jackson Jr. and shoot eight threes <laughs> a game. That's not what I want to see. But if they're open, make them shoot them. Right. Like and they will be open because that'll be the only way to really guard Zion, right? You can't really push push up on him because he'll just drive past you or like put a shoulder uh, in your chest and blow a hole in it. Um, so you're, you, he, they're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to give something up 
Um, and so if he can, you know, if he can get there, uh, I, I'm seeing in the chat, like, like Pels 12 is saying, like, if, if he can get a, an elbow jumper, even if he can get an elbow jumper and then kind of, and then kind of like, you know, kind of flow back to the three point line as he gets more comfortable, um, and things like that. I think that's, that's a that's a more natural kind of similar to what Bam Adebayo was doing, right? He he kind of got the floater in, and then he he extended to the free throw line, and now he's trying to get to the elbow a little bit, and so like that's more of a, a possession. But his his like you say, his three point shot didn't look bad. Like it's it's something that it it started to look like okay, like this is something that he is comfortable doing. Um, and so if if, if he, like like you say, if he can get the t- attempting two, uh, making one a game or, or uh, like that, I think that is, that is, that's, that would be insane. That would be a, a break for, for the Pelicans that I don't even think that they would be expecting. Uh, but it would, it would definitely certainly put the, put the offense on a different level. Right. So I don't think anyone's concerned, like anyone watching the Pelicans, whether it's national, whether it's, it's local, I don't think anyone's concerned with the offense. This is defense where, the Pelicans are going to have to grow and going to have to be better if they want to get to some of the places they have aspirations of going, right? Whether it's Western Conference, whatever it may be, right? So you look at some of the guys they move in, you know, you're adding Dyson, you're adding, you know, more minutes from Trey, you're adding, you know, different minutes from Jackson, right? Like more of an aspect factor off the bench. Cairo, you talked about things like that. How did they get more impact out of those young players? You saw them start to get more playing time as the year went on last season. And then obviously Jose kind of be a revolution to the defense altogether in terms of energy, in terms of everything, right? We really pull a jolt in that second line. Where do you see some of those guys making their impact with another year under their belt? Well, de- defense is mostly like 90% of will, right? It's, it's everybody, most 90% of the, the NBA are, are athletic athletes, right? right? Are guys that can move quickly and everything. You obviously have your big guys like Jonas and, and guys like that, but like a ma- great majority uh, are athletes. And so most of it, where you, where you see the separation, um, are people who are, are dedicated to it, right? Want to be great that way. You look at guys like Pat Beverly and, and Jose Alvarado who are not big, who are not freakish athletes, uh, who are not flying all over the place. But those guys have have will, right? They have a will to play defense. And I think right there is where it starts, right? The 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 second line uh is is more about the defense. That's where the defensive guys uh are are kind of are gonna be kind of stashed. And so to be to be honest, I would think that it would start from the top, right? Uh Zion and Brandon Ingram. Uh, as the leaders of the team, Zion, who just signed his massive contract, um, and Brandon Ingram, who signed a max contract uh, not too long ago, uh, those are the leaders. And we talked about this before the season started last um, last season uh, that those guys have to be those guys have to be accountable to themselves, right? Those guys have to have to be. And we saw it with Brandon Ingram. We saw Brandon Ingram take a, a, a step defensively. Uh, it wasn't the the you know the the lackluster defense that we have seen you know from him. And we saw him get better uh, defensively this season, especially. What I said and, and help, right? His help defense was incredible this season. He used his, his length and his, his arms uh, to kind of come over and help contest on shots and then rotate back and, and use his length in that way. And so uh, when you those guys have to be accountable. If Zion comes into training camp and is flying all over the place defensively, you know, is engaged defensively, we all know that Zion can put up historic numbers scoring. We saw him do it. Uh, without the talent that he has over, over the side, but if he comes in a training camp, uh, we obviously he obviously looks uh, in great shape and everything. But if he's flying around defensively um, and, and and clapping and and into it and locked in, then the guys underneath him 
will not have any choice but to follow suit. Um, and then you have, if, if you have it at the top with Zion and Brandon Ingram, um, if Brandon Ingram can also come in and, and, and be locked in defensively, uh, then the guys behind them, uh, when you talk about that second line, you have reinforcement in defense, uh, you know, a defensive culture from those guys, the Jose's, uh, the Dyson's, Jackson, uh, those guys, Larry Nance, like those guys are, are defensive minded uh, players. And so if you have uh, uh, the, the culture at the bottom, you know, in, in the second line with the with the secondary team and then at the starters, you have, you know, your your leaders kind of built in defensively and, and, and locked in defensively and know that that is going to be the side of the ball that gets them and propels them to where they go. Because, again, they're going to be able to score in their sleep. Right. They're going to just be able to score in their sleep. But the defensive side of the ball is what's going to get them to the places where they want to go, whether it be, uh, you know, as a team wise or even if there's some 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 financial incentives a la Zion like in order to win you know uh, uh, an MVP and be all NBA and get those financial uh, burdens you're gonna have to play a little bit of defense right you're gonna have to get back on defense um, you're gonna have to c- contribute on the defensive end and that's gonna contribute to wins and get you to the spots where you want to be individually and so those guys have to be bought in those guys have to be accountable to themselves and to the team. And I think that Willie Green is, it has shown uh, time and time again, that if you don't play defense, he will take you off or he will not play you. He will make you earn his trust. um, If you aren't playing defense. And I think with that kind of mentality, um, having the second line kind of be, the standard bearers for defense and then just having those two guys, meaning B.I. Uh, and 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 Zion kind of come into camp locked in, focused on defense. I think guys like C.J., um, obviously you want to see him be uh, better defensively, but I think, you know, that that's a, that is a vet that it, when it's time to play defense, I, I'm, I'm confident that C.J. won't be attacked on defense. Um, and in, in the event that they do, uh, he does, that's where the guys like like Zion and Brandon Ingram who could come over and help uh, with that help defense. So Willie Green, uh, 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 the buy-in from Zion and, and Brandon Ingram, and then having that that reinforcement from the guys uh, on the bench, I think that is what's going to propel the uh, the Pels to either to be you know a, a better team defensively uh, coming into the season. Right. So they were 18th ranked defensively last season. And again, you have to kind of break the season out in parts because mm-hmm. Jose really didn't get into the lineup until halfway through. Herb was first in steals per game for rookies. Jose was second. Right? Yes, so, was. so 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 you kind of got to factor that in over the course of a season. Um, you know, one of the things that I look at is the way that you know David Griffin kind of said in the middle of the season last season. They wanted to play bigger. And so that's why when Jax went into the four, that's what it was. I think Jax is like one of the big dominoes. And it was something interesting that Larry Nance said last season. Like he was like, Jackson can be one of the best defensive players in this league if he dedicates himself to that. A lot of the, you know, you remember the games where Jackson had like 23 points in the first like quarter and a half and stuff like that. But most of the hit Jackson's good games happened when he was playing and active defensively, and it led to transition buckets. It led to blocks that led, yeah. led to overshots. Plan, plan free safety. Plan free exactly. safety. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so if he can lock in defensively and you can kind of use him as a defensive ace that can come off the bench and really dedicate him to, hey, you can play wing. You can guard guys that are 6'7", 6'6", no problem. Sometimes you can switch on the guards and you can hold. If you can lock into that and just be great defensively, that brings the, te- the the team to another level because that's another uh, t- piece of component that you can be versatile with in terms of defenders and things like that. And so 
when you look at guys like him and then Dyson, his ability to get in there, he had a better steal ratio than Herb did in college, right? And so you look at that and you hear some of the comments coming out of camp or coming out of uh, the Pelicans camp saying that, um, you know, Willie Green is saying a lot of similar things about Dyson that he said about Herb and stuff like that. You look and you say, okay, you're going to be able to use the length on the court to mix and match to understand how can you beat whatever's on the court defensively and offensively. As good as this team is offensively, Willie Green has said it from the beginning. I want to be known for how we play defense. And so if it, it you know, it, and to some degree, B.I. with the jokes with Trey Murphy after he's going 30 in summer league saying no defense, no defense. That's no probably defense. something that they talk all practice long, all year long about it. So if you've got guys like Jackson and Dyson and, and Najee and Jose and these guys and Larry Nance buying in defensively, that allows you to to be significantly better defensively on the on the on on the perimeter, both interior and things like that. And so, yeah, you know, I, I just I think I think of like I think of like that second line team as a as like the pass rush, right? If you can get <laughs> if you can get if you can get the the starting five to come out um, and be great offensively and, and get a ten point lead uh, with you know five minutes to go at, at whatever the first sub in, um, and you get a ten point lead and then you can sub in the defensive guys and like let the hounds loose um, just to kind of play defense and hold that that lead and, and let whatever two other alphabet boys kind of carry the offensive load. Um, but if you have those guys like that and you can kind of release the hounds on them, <laughs> then I think that's a, that's a, that's a good way to kind of, to, to kind of balance out what you might be missing from, def- especially early uh, from, you know, from Zion after missing so many times and obviously JV with his, uh, you know, defense pick and roll switch ability um, lack thereof. I think if you can just get a good a good lead in the first quarter um, before that first sub, like I said, if you can win the race to the timeout, meaning that you make the other team call a timeout before you do, um, and then you can if you can get to that, win that race, and then bring in the, the Jackson Hayes and have him be free safety or have Larry Nance, let him play free safety defensively, kind of roam and, and kind of keep that lead where it is um, until, you know, that second sub or whatever that sub is where you bring the other two um, uh, alphabet boys. And I think that's kind of what what you can uh, expect from a guy like Jackson, a guy like Larry Nance. And if those guys can buy into that, that is going to be the, the the reason that the Pelicans get to where they need to get to. Right. And, and to your point about Zion, Zion was really good defensively at Duke. Like he averaged two studios and two blocks per game. He made like all, he, I think, yeah, he made all ACC defense. He said it going into last season that his goal was to be the defensive player of the year. And so, again, I expect him to take a leap, to be honest with you. I expect him to be up to the challenge, especially after all the things that have been said about his work ethic and things like that. I expect to, to see it. an angry Mike Thomas. I expect to see an angry Zion Williamson as well. The last thing that I think will overall help the, the roster altogether as far as perimeter defense is I felt like most of the time the Pelicans were like 26 and threes a lot. I felt like most of the time it was because you were either leaving wide open shooters or you were closing out the guys that weren't good good three point shooters. And so mm-hmm. something that Antonio Daniels says all the all the time, KYP, know your personnel. I think having guys like CJ and Larry in the locker room to be like, listen, man, like don't. I, I think there was one time last season where Garrett Temple like yelled at Jackson. He was like, don't close out on him. He can't shoot things like that. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a year of that, a summer of that. 
of guys of, of, of who watch a lot of film and know these guys around the league, and you can kind of trickle that down to some of the young guys on the roster. I just think overall basketball knowledge and how to defend certain people grows when you have another ro- another year with a young roster. So I expect that part to grow. I expect their perimeter defense to be better altogether just with all the, the, the defensive focus they put on, on the offseason. Now, rim protection. That's the one where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they really address this. So, to speak. Yeah. so you know, they weren't that bad in terms of allowing points in the paint. They were ninth in points allowed in the paint and seventh and seventh and second chance points. So, like, they didn't give up a lot of offensive rebounds and they didn't give a lot, give up a whole lot of uh, points in the paint. But that's because they were one of the worst three point shooting defensive teams. All, all these. So people just took the three on them. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good representation of how the Pelicans protect the paint. And, you know, with Billy and with JV and Larry, who's a little – I expect him to be a little bit healthier and a little bit more spry in terms of defensively. But, like, he's still undersized in terms of guarding centers, uh, you know, as you go to close games in the playoffs. I just don't know if they did enough to address that. Like, I just don't know. Obviously, you hope Jackson's able to do some more help side defense and protect the paint a little bit more. But, like – where did the Pelicans go as far as rim protection and just overall paint defense? I I, I think that's that's gonna be the thing that that is gonna you know you're gonna feel the diff, the the you know the effects of and I part of it is roster construction right you you got a, a lot of like fast guys and then your big guys you know are more offensive like minded right JV and Billy Billy is uh, is is offensive minded and then like I said you got like thin lean athletes in Larry Nance and, and Jackson Hayes is your front yeah. court. Um, and then obviously Brandon Ingram, um, you know, he's more of a scorer. And then Herb, he's like the best shot blocker and it'd be from three. <laughs> like it, and so like, it's, 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 it's going to be, that's going to be the thing. When, when you, when you look at roster construction on, on teams, like you, you're never, ever going to build the perfect team. Right. right. And I, it's not to say that you shouldn't address this, but it, it's, it's almost impossible to build. That's why this, that's why the bat NBA is what it is. Like you have to be smart, with your money and you know and and where you spend and how you get to where it gets. So I think uh, what uh, what what we'll see um you know is is going to be a lot of like trying to defend the rim underneath the rim, right? Um mm-hmm. having guys kind of come over uh I, I expect charges to be a a, a thing uh mm-hmm. for for the guys like Herb Jones and 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 Jose and Jackson and 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 um uh Larry. I think a lot of those guys uh, are going to learn a, a lot to step in and, and take the charge because there won't be a lot of rim protection. JV is not a rim protector. Uh, Billy Hernan Gobez is not a rim protector. So there's, there, it's just not there. And so if you, if you're relying on Herb to block threes all season, that I don't really know if that's a, a recipe. So uh, you're going to have to attack it the way, you know, like the likes of a Kyle Lowry or the likes of a, of a Draymond Green, where you protect the rim underneath the rim by, by taking in, sacrificing your body, or if, if anything, being better at the point of attack, right? Don't get beaten mm-hmm. so often. Um, and when you do have these guys who are, are uber athletic as the Brandon Ingrams, Herbs, uh, Jackson, Zion, have those guys kind of come over and be helped uh, in, in a help situation. I expect, you know, it, it's going to be, a, a again, when we talk about first world problems with Willie Green, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see if his defensive scheme kind of changes where he, you know, where maybe they, they allow more threes because they don't want you to come to the, to, to, to the room. I kind of like uh, the, the, uh, the, 
Milwaukee Bucks are like that, yeah, right? They allow you to three, shoot yeah. them, them corner threes uh, as long as you don't come into the rim. Uh, and but they uh, they attack those corner threes. They you know they allow you to shoot, but they they contest it right with the, the athletes. You got Giannis, you got Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. A lot of guys who are long length uh, athletes. And so I, I I wonder if he'll glean into more of, of that, um, or if he just goes in to where they don't want uh, people to shoot threes because of how bad it was last season and how that can put you behind uh, very quickly if you let two or three threes go in. Um, maybe they maybe they attack those threes and force to the middle and have Zion just and, and, and Herb kind of just play, uh, you know, in, in all of those athletic wins, just kind of play help uh, at the rim and, and kind of hope for, for a lot, enough shot misses and rebounds, immediate rebounds off of that. So it'll be interesting to see how, which way he leans uh, his defensive schemes. Um, I would, if it was me, I would personally try. Um, I, I, I know that the three ball is very, very, uh, it's a polarizing thing and it's a, it's a game changer, right? You hit a couple threes and the, the game gets away. Um, but I do think that if, if the Pelicans get into a situation where they're in a dogfight and you have guys, uh, you know, repeatedly attacking the rim over and over again, what it could do is it could cause foul trouble. Um, it could cause uh, people, you know, uh, people to be more reluctant to to help over or, or, and things like that. And so I think uh, the small ball lineup is going to be going to be their best lineup whenever they can get, uh, whether it be a Larry Nance at the five or even if it's Zion at the five. I think that's going to be their best lineup as far as like offensively is gonna you know is gonna uh, affect the rim protection um but at this point there just isn't an answer like a person on the uh on the roster so you're gonna have to find ways to scheme around that um and i think that small ball lineup just kind of fully leaning into that um and and, and again hoping that zion uh brandon ingram and uh you know those guys kind of take it upon themselves to be better defensively uh that's going to be kind of the the recipe that i think that they're going to use uh to defend the rim because again there's just no person on uh on the roster to do it right now right they were 26 in blocks i don't expect them to like magically jump in that yeah, no. particular yeah. category probably, probably uh, not. but one area where i think they can get decisively better is defensive rebounds. They were 24th in defensive rebounds. Now, again, you look at – you've made a great point earlier. A lot of defenses will. A lot of rebounding is real, too. Like, Josh Hart said all the time, he's one of the best rebounding wings. Of, he's like, a lot of times it's just because I want it more than the other person. The two people I'm looking at to, to help impact this particular category are the two most athletic people on the team, Zion Williamson and Jackson Hayes. Zion is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league right now because he has that incredible second jump. Why don't you have it on defense as well? So mm-hmm. you saw there was there was times throughout you know the end of uh, his season last year where he was attacking them, he was getting more rebounds and things like that. He needs to fight for every rebound because nobody's out muscling Zion for a rebound, and I know let he me, wants let, to do things like that. But let let me ask you this: Do you think that? And this is just a just a question I thought off the top of my head. Do you think that most of because of his de- his defensive rebounding has a lot to do with people attacking him on the defensive end in switches where he's the one attacking the guy that's either shooting a three uh, or going and he's trying to attack the the you know the the shot block, but that leaves obviously him not available right. for the rebound. Do you think that has something to do with it? I'm sure that plays into it just like it does mm-hmm. with any player. But right. there were also times, plenty of times where like, oh, Zion should have that rebound. Mm-hmm. Aid, right. I feel the same way about Jackson. Everyone looks at Jackson's height and they're like, there's his jumping ability. It's like, if you can jump out the gym, why can't you jump up and get a rebound? Mm-hmm. Things like that. 
his ability and 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 again, Larry Nance said it last year. He's like, I'm just working on him getting rebounds because he should get every single one, right? Getting a little bit stronger. He talked about getting stronger this offseason. He looks a little bit bigger. You can see it visibly and things like that. His want to to go rebound, those two should impact that number drastically, I think, this season, right? And so if they're already one of the best offensive rebounding teams, I think they should be one of the best defensive rebounding teams as well. Any thoughts on that particular area? Yeah, I, I agree, though. I think that they definitely should be uh, they should be better defensive rebounding. I think part of it, you know, part of it is going to be how many times can they, you know, can they play defense and get a stop where they aren't scrambling, right? That where they aren't scrambling, uh, where they can, where they they're sound in their defensive rotations, um, and the guys that are responsible for rebounding, uh, those guys, you know, do their job and have that want to. Um, I do think that if you is is going to be very difficult uh, to to be a good defensive rebounder and to also be great in transition because if you if you want to get a you know the rebound, you're going to have to have a couple people in the in the box to rebound um, and. If Zion is the guy leaking, if uh, then obviously th- that is one less person, one less rebounder. You would think uh, down there, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be, is you know, it's gonna be again. You gotta hit a, a sweet spot uh, where, where those things can happen. Uh, I, I'm seeing CJ and, and Herb should should help in rebounding as well. Those guys definitely should should help out in rebounding um, because if if it's a if it's a guy who can get the rebound such like a Brandon Ingram or something where that guy can also either bring the ball up or hit an, uh, an advanced pass. Then also that helps when you think about like guys like Dyson um, and, and Larry Nance, himself, uh, like him himself. And so Jackson himself, right. He can get the rebound and he can bring the ball up because he's, you mm-hmm. know, he has those abilities. And so I, I do think there's going to be a happy medium that you have to, you have to mix um, where you have to be able to rebound. Um, but if you want to play in transition, uh, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a battle in between you know having those guys there. But w- to your point, Zion coming back and 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 being plugged into the offense and and plugged into uh, having that 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 space that he's gonna carve out even defensively, right? Um, I think that his ability to 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 double jump uh, offensively should translate to defensively. Um, and he should be able to out jump, especially in, uh, forwards if if they're playing stretch fours and things like that. Those guys are gonna have to, uh, you know, he's gonna have to outwork those guys. But it, it all boils down to what you what you started this whole segment off with is is that will, right? You got to be able uh, to to just go out there and know that you have to get every single board. Um, you you should be able to lean on majority of the teams. Like I said, I want to see that Minnesota. Pelicans game where there's just a lot of big bodies leaning on each other and going for <laughs> rebounds and stuff. It's gonna be crazy. Um, but you should be able to outmuscle uh, of most of uh, most front courts in the NBA. Um, more people are turning towards uh, you know small ball fours, your PJ Tucker's, uh, mm-hmm. guys like that, Kyle Anderson, those kind of guys. And so Zion, obviously, there's no there's no regular power forward uh, to match up with Zion. So there should definitely be uh, these small ball forwards. He should be able to outmuscle them um, and go get those boards in and, and do that. So Zion's ability uh, and Jackson's ability and, and Larry Nance. Larry Nance is one of the better offensive rebounders as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if he could kind of put some of those uh, teachable moments into action, right? We talk about how Garrett Temple does his, his, his teaching. Um, but it's difficult to see if, if you're not doing it on the floor, right? It, it, it's hard to have that guy out there. Well, you know, if Larry Nance can come and kind of lead by example, right? Show mm-hmm. Jackson how you need to rebound. Show uh, Zion how you need to go after every single rebound. Lead by example. Kind of the similar way uh, CJ came in and kind of led by example, uh, established himself 
Um, Larry Nance can do a lot of good uh, by setting that rebounding example, uh, setting that want to, that, that kind of just, I'm, I, I, I know my role is to be the hustle guy, the glue guy, and that's what I'm going to do. And then Jackson and, and those guys can follow right behind him. So um, I think it, it's, it's all about a collective, um, you know, a collective want to uh, with those guys. Yeah, I see uh, Tedra in the in the comments talking about Trey Murphy. I think his ability mm-hmm. to rebound is going to also help his ability to stay he, on the court. He really turned minute. it up too. Yeah, he turned his rebounding up. Said when he came back from the G League, somebody told him you need to start using more of your athleticism, um, and you started to see it from there. So that's a very good point, Tedra. Yeah, that was something I saw at the beginning of summer league last year. I was like, Trey's going to be a good rebounder. He's six mm-hmm. foot nine and can jump out the gym, and he's strong and has that go get it. Again, that's going to help his uh, ability. You talk about playing one through five defensively, being able to switch. Well, all those guys also can also dribble, and they all mm-hmm. can shoot, and they all can defend and, and things like that. And so if you have that one through five in lineups, that's just going to be hard to defend from an opponent's perspective. So uh, that was a good show. I enjoyed the show. Uh, that's all hey, we man. got for you today. Um, next week should be a real fun one. I've been trying to work on the exercise already. I've already changed my list, but – Uh, We'll be talking about growth potential for players on the roster and how important uh, it is for each one. But before we go, what you got left for the people, Garrett? As always, you never know what people are going through, so give somebody a smile today. Uh, It's going to be very exciting to see these guys kind of come in and and, and mess with these numbers and these rankings. Um, It's going to be really cool to see, you know, how – the improvements from each person kind of affects the numbers that they were already good at last season, as well as some of the numbers that they weren't good. Hopefully some of those numbers uh, can get better as well. Um, But as always, follow myself at Garrick underscore Rattler. Follow my brother at Raphael underscore Rattler. Follow us on Twitter at Pels Pod and on Instagram at Pelicans Podcast. Uh, hit us up in the DMs. Give us some of the, the questions, the burning questions that you have for our mailbox. Uh, we're giving away our tickets when the games, uh, when the season starts and other things that we're going to be giving away as well. Um, so hit us up and uh, we'll see you guys next week.